Welcome into another edition of the Stripe Show podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in for Froggy Wednesdays. And every single week we have a top tier PGA Tour player. And this week is no different. We are coming off the Open Championship, one that Colin Morikawa was able to win. That is another time that he won his first try at a major. He won the PGA when he first tried. And then last year, because of COVID, we didn't have an Open Championship. So this year, Colin wins again in his first try. So congrats to him. But somebody else who had a really good Open week, having a solid season, and was a part of the circus that we call the Bryson DeChambeau Circus on Saturday. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Taylor Gooch. Taylor, thank you so much for joining in. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited. You've had a uh, had a great season, man. Yeah, uh, trying. It's uh, it's been a weird one with obviously the beginning uh, still on the back end of all the you know the COVID stuff. So right, uh, it's it's been a, it's been a weird one, but a good one. Yeah, so uh, first, before we even start, I want to say uh, congratulations to uh, you and your wife, Allie. You welcomed a new baby just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I uh, went straight from uh, the hospital to a plane to London to a tournament and back home straight into changing diapers. So it's been uh, a hectic uh, last week and a half, two weeks. Now I did see you at the uh, at the hospital. I saw on your social media. I did see you were practicing your putting in the hospital room. Yeah, it's probably a little counterproductive because the greens are a little bit slower uh, <laughs> at the open. But no, nah, it was uh, kind of all fun games. Now, did they pour the hospital floor straight, or was there a little bit of break to it? <laughs> it was actually really straight. I need to find out whoever the the builder was, see if they can come and uh, build a home for me, make make my make my home that flat. Now, did you did you feel like going into the open um, that your practice without practicing that week? I'm not sure how much you were able to practice. Did you feel that you that you were as prepared as you normally would have been for a major championship? Yeah, obviously, it was a little bit uh, of a different circumstance. I didn't touch a club uh, starting the Wednesday before the open. Um, obviously, with having the baby and everything, so it was obviously a little unorthodox. But um, you know. Uh, for how much we golf, uh, specifically me on occasion, taking a few days off is not necessarily the worst thing in the world. It's almost, uh, can be a little bit of a refresher reset for the mind. So, um, you know, I always try to, especially come tournament week, try to schedule in at least an afternoon where I just completely get away from golf and, and kind of, you know, like, like I said, a refresher kind of getting away from it is, is just good for some, you know, just for some rejuvenation. And so, um, you know, I didn't get as much prep in as I, you know, the standard would be, uh, but it's not the worst thing in the world. Now, what does a normal week look like for you? Obviously you play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but what does a normal week like that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday look like? Um, well, it depends on if it's testing and COVID time or, you know, there's just, there's so many variables. It, it, it can change quite, quite, you know, frequently, but uh, Monday, Tuesday, uh, Mondays typically can be a travel day. Um, Tuesday, uh, I'll try to get at least nine holes in maybe 18, uh, depending on the Wednesday, uh, pro-am there's a pro-am on Wednesday, almost, almost every week. Uh, sometimes right. we have to play nine. Sometimes we have to play 18. Um, so I, I try to not play 18 Tuesday, 18 Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Right, uh, so, yeah. So, uh, especially, you know, like I just got off of about a month, month and a half ago now, um, I had a seven-week stretch of golf. 
uh, straight seven straight weeks on the road. And so, um, you know, you, I have to take so much into account, uh, but everything is kind of predicated on the thought of being as obviously as prepared as I can be without sacrificing my weekend energy. Um, you know, I don't want to put so much time in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to the detriment that at the end of the week, um, you know, I'm running on fumes. So, you know, trying to balance that fine line of being as prepared and as ready as possible, but also kind of, um, you know, keeping keeping that energy up so that come the weekend, I'm, I'm ready to roll. Is that a game plan you've kind of learned after being on tour for a year now where you've kind of learned like, hey, sometimes I've played really well on Thursday, Friday, and then I don't peak on the weekend when I really need the energy. So I'm kind of changed up your schedule a little bit. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's a, it's a huge learning process. Um, just learning how to be a professional, uh, learning what makes you the best you. I, I'll never forget my first tournament as a as a professional. I got sponsored and invited to the um, to the St. Jude's Classic in Memphis before it was a WGC. And um, I, I get there Sunday evening and Monday. I played 18 and I went and practiced. Tuesday I went and played 18 and I went and practiced. And I just I thought to myself, you know, I got to outwork everybody. This is what a professional does. I had all these thoughts and ideas of what a PGA Tour golfer was. Um, and then fast forward, you know however, six, seven years later, um, I was playing with DJ at Riv, um, yeah, this last year. And, um, we were talking about kind of prep and the next tournament, the next week was the Honda, which is in his hometown and he doesn't play. And, um, and essentially he was like, dude, I've just, I've figured out like when I'm home, you know, I, I don't, I don't need to be touching a club too much, you know? And so, wow it's it's my, my point being you know my idea of what a pro was is different than you know what dj's idea of being a pro what pro is and so like right. you know you just have to figure out what works best for you he's figured out what's worked best for him obviously and um you know i'm, I'm still kind of trying to figure that out now i also want to thank you because i know right now you're on a break from diaper duty and you've taken your break today to, to join us here on the podcast. So I'm very appreciative of your time. And, um, you know, you really had a solid, solid finish at the Open Championship. Uh, talk a little bit about what the golf course was like, what it was like over in Sandwich and playing four rounds at the in, in your first Open. Yeah, man, it was, I mean, incredible. It, it's, I haven't played the Masters, so uh, take that into account when I say this. It's, it's the best tournament I, that I've been to, the most uh, just incredible experience. You know, it's just, you always hear about the vibe, the energy, you know, the environment is just different. The fans are just different. And, uh, until you actually experience it, I don't think you can really, uh, truly understand what that feels like and what that is. But I mean, it's everything that you always hear about and more, um, you know, the, the tournament, the people, you know, just the way it's organized, uh, the RNA does an incredible job. Um, and, and I mean, the golf course was obviously really cool. Um, the, the unique part was it was actually really good weather, which for me, yeah. I don't correlate that to the, to the open championship. So right, usually uh, it's raining and windy and just, just junk weather. Yeah, correct. And, uh, we got some wind, but, uh, definitely no, um, you know, open conditions type of wind. And then on Sunday, I mean, it was only blowing five to 10 miles an hour. Now, to be fair, uh, I was talking with, uh, after the round, I was sitting with Max Homo, one of my good buddies out there. We were talking about the wind is a little different there because there was a, I was telling him on the 10th hole, I had uh 177 pin. We, we were trying to fly at 170 
and it was into the wind. And like I said, it was only blowing five or 10. Um, and I, I had to rip a seven iron. Now my seven iron is normally a 185 to 190 club. And so from 170, or I'm trying to hit at 170, it was only into a five to nine mile an hour wind. And I'm trying to hit a shot 190 basically. Uh, so even though the, the wind wasn't howling, it was, it's a heavy wind. So, uh, you know, I, I just, I can imagine when it starts howling, what, what, it, what it really gets like. Can you talk a little bit, a little bit about your Saturday? So, you know, Thursday afternoon, Bryson did not play well on Thursday. And uh, then the whole thing started with the driver. He said the driver sucks. And then Cobra kind of snapped back a little bit and he apologized. Then Friday didn't go well. So Saturday you're paired with him. And by the way, you shot three under on Saturday, uh, which I, th I think you, I think you outplayed Bryson on Saturday. Has, is that the first time you had, you had played with Bryson since all this hoopla with Cobra and Brooks and everything had started? Yeah. You know, I, I played junior golf, college golf, am golf with Bryson. So I've known him for years. Uh, you know, he's obviously a, a different cat uh, in a, in a lot of ways, but I mean, it's the epitome of um, the media that has kind of created, uh, you know, this this kind of image that is Bryson. Because uh, man, I always tell people he, he truly is a good dude. Uh, but in in the world of of sports and fans, everybody wants uh, uh, an enemy. Everybody wants the protagonist and the antagonist. I mean, that's just the way it goes. And so. Um, it was, you know, interesting getting to play with him coming off of his uh, comments. Uh, they, you know, obviously kind of got some blowback on. Um, but he uh, he had some good drives. So, I mean, I, I don't know if, if there's a whole lot because I think he shot – he didn't play too well Saturday, kind of struggled, but then he kind of backdoored a, on Sunday. I think he shot like 500 on Sunday. So, um, you know, he's he's very polarizing for sure. But uh, I always tell people, man, you gotta, you gotta give the dude some credit because one, he's a major champion. Two, he reinvented kind of the game in which he plays in a, right. in a way. Um, and he he's unequivocally himself. You know, he's not trying to be anything he's not. And uh, and through all the the criticism and all the the crap that he has to deal with, he continues to truck on and and you know, taking his game to new levels. So it's, I, I told him after round two, I was like, dude, hats off to you. You just keep doing you, dude. Do you think that all this that's going on, all the talk, whether it's from the Cobra stuff or whether it's the Brooks stuff, do you think it is affecting him at all? Um, On the golf course, I'll say. Yeah, uh, man, I, at this level, I just, I don't think you have the success that he's had or anybody on PJ Tour if you, uh, if you let things like that affect your play. Um, so no, I mean, I, I don't think that's really kind of affecting him. You know, it might be on his mind, but I promise you when it comes game time and he's got to pull the trigger back, the last thing he's thinking about is any of that crap. Rapsodo mobile launch monitor, improve your golf swing today. Pro level launch data in the palm of your hand. It is very accurate within 2% of a $20,000 unit. The Rapsodo MLM app automatically tracks stats and stores video with Shot Tracer, helpful for club gapping and understanding true distances for each club. Rapsodo MLM provides immediate feedback, data, and creates a better practice environment, not mindlessly hitting balls. Extremely portable, 
case is about the size of a rangefinder. And you know what? You can use it both indoors and outdoors. I love this launch monitor. It's the Rapsodo mobile launch monitor. Check it out at rapsodo.com. R-A-P-S-O-D-O.com. Rapsodo.com. Right. I mean, I did get a chuckle out of Brooks the next day. I was waiting for it. For Brooks the next day, I go, I love my driver. I was hitting straight. I, I knew there had to be some comment coming from Brooks. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was waiting for him to show up on Saturday or Friday afternoon with, because he's an, un, I think he's an uncontracted player. I was waiting for him to show up with a Cobra driver on Friday just to hit it one time, just just because that's exactly what would be the next move in the chess oh, match between Bryson and Brooks. Oh, that would have been classic. And, dude, I love it. I love the, I, you know, I understand golf is a gentleman's game, but, um, you know, I, I, I personally wish there was a little bit more, uh, it's called competitive nature. Uh, yeah. I, so I, I don't, I don't mind seeing kind of this back and forth. I, I love it. Um, I kind of wish there was more of it in this game. Um, so is yeah, there anybody out there? Is there anybody on tour that you're a little bit competitive with? Whether I mean, and not so much in, in front of the media, but is there anybody out there that you're a little more competitive with than, than others? Man, not really. Um, it, it's such a game of like, you're you're trying to be the best you you're trying to beat yourself all the time you know right um and so it, it's i don't get uh focus on other guys too much you know i, I know a goal of mine is uh i, I want to be the best golfer that has come out of oklahoma state that that's a big goal of mine so yeah um i want all the oklahoma state guys to do well uh but i i also want to beat all of them at the same time you know um and so you know there's that competition of being within of being the best golfer from Oklahoma state. Um, but there's no, like, I mean, depending on the day, one of my good buddies out there is, is Kevin Strillman. And, uh, we both like us some, uh, some wine. And so we'll have, uh, maybe some wagers on occasion. Uh, so there's some days I, I especially want to be him to, uh, make sure I, I don't lose any, uh, anything we got going. That's great. Are there, are there certain guys you enjoy being paired with? Like when you get your pairings on that, that Tuesday or Wednesday, are there certain guys you're like, hey, I'm gonna enjoy this pairing, and other, and just and vice versa? Are there certain pairings where you're like, man, I'm just gonna stick to myself. I don't really enjoy playing with this guy. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, the guys that are negative and self-deprecating and just talking all like that's never enjoyable. And so you know the guys that are like that out there. Whenever that happens, you're just like my caddy. His name is Malcolm. I just all right, man, we're going to talk a lot today. Um, but I have a, you know, anytime I get to play with some of the best in the game is awesome. I have a few buddies that um, I'm tight with out there. Like I said, Max, uh, Strills, uh, Harold Varner is one of my other good buddies. Um, you know, when you get matched up with your buddies, it's, it's always a good time. And uh, generally speaking, it's some good vibes, good energy, and it's always a good thing for, for the better scores. Is there a certain round or pairing? that really sticks out in your head over the years is one that you were kind of hoping would happen at some point And it did. Yeah. So like I said, Max is one of my best buds out there. Uh, in 2020 final round, uh, at Riviera, I think we were top 10. It was Max, me and DJ. And, um, and long story short, Max had a putt on the last for par. I think he was like one back at the time. And uh, he had about a 20 footer to save par and it kind of would have like given him a chance to, to win the, the tournament. And, um, and literally as he's about to hit the putt, someone yelled out, Booch. 
and it just completely threw him off. He backed off. Everyone booed. They kicked the person out. It was a whole thing. Uh, and, of course, he ended up missing the putt. Thankfully, it didn't make the difference in him winning or losing. Right. Um, but, I, I mean, obviously, I didn't have anything to do with it, but I felt terrible. Right. Uh, the next year, uh, which was this past February, we got paired again in the final round. Max, me, um, God, I forget. No, Matt Jones, third one in. Um, we're top 10 again. We have, you know, we all have a chance to win. And I wasn't playing great. Uh, I was kind of traveling around, but was able to kind of get in the thick of things. And Max was playing great. And, um, and he ended up going and winning that tournament. And that was right. just being there and seeing one of your best buddies go win a tournament that outside of a major was probably his dream tournament growing up there, you know, the whole thing. That was super special to see up close and in person. Uh, if there was anyone that I would want to win that day, other than me, it was going to be him for sure. So that that was that was special. That was, that's one I'll forever remember. That's awesome. So uh, this year's been good to you, though. You've got a um, career top tens this season, the most top tens you've had in your career. You've got a career high on the money list going on, career high in FedEx Cup rank as well, and you played very well at the players T five with the most birdies. So what is it that comes to, is there, is there just something coming together this year or is it more of just learning how to be a professional and learning how to be the best version that Taylor Gooch can be on tour? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just the progression, you know, it's, it's funny. We always talk about um, until about the last five years or so uh, the, the peak of a four player's career was usually in his early mid thirties. Um, all of a sudden guys like Matt Wolf and, Ricky Fowler and Justin Thomas, all these, you know, young guns have kind of ruined, uh, what that used to be. And, and, uh, so there's still the guys like me around that, um, you know, whenever I first turned pro, I was not prepared to be a professional golfer. And so it's taken me some time and, um, I just think I'm going to continue to grow and, and get better as time, as time passes. And so, uh, you know, my, my kind of whole, routine from practice to preparation to training to everything is, is built on uh longevity and built on continuing to grow as time like I said as time passes and so you know I, i'm still continuing to learn courses and uh you know just get comfortable out there and so um obviously this year has been good and you know hopefully we'll just continue to keep trucking along now being on tour for what seven years now you've been on tour this is year five this is year five. So being on tour yeah. for five years and going around, have you learned that there are certain golf courses that those are the best ones for you to play? And there's other ones that those are the good weeks for you to take off and prepare for other things. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, one of the kind of the blessings and the, uh, the downfalls to my game is, um, I, I, I'm, I hit it long enough. Uh, I put it well enough. I don't, I don't have any like courses that are really like, not suited for my game it's a great thing but it's also not a great thing because there are guys that are just like i just can't play this course it's just you know it's not built for me and so right um you know there are certainly courses that i enjoy more and i've had some success at uh some of my favorites tory is incredible riviera obviously i've played well there uh quail hollow is a really good one um usually when the when the scores are not super 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 low and um you know par is not going to hurt you. Um, those type of kind of a little bit more challenging golf courses are kind of what my game is built better for. So, uh, anytime 
whenever it's harder, um, that that's what I'm always looking for. Um, and so that's where I always try to kind of schedule, you know, make sure that I'm, I'm playing all of those courses that the scores aren't super low. So when you've got a late tee time and you look and the early guys are going low, is that encouraging or do you like when you look at it, you're on your late time and you say, Hey, you know, one, two, three, four under is going to be good today or, or, or vice versa. Dude, I don't even like when I have a late tee time, I don't watch golf. I oh, you don't go. No, I don't watch it. Don't pay attention. Don't worry about it. So I, I don't know how to answer that. I don't, I don't even watch it. I always wow. uh, get a workout in in the morning and watch some shows or something, but I just, I stay away from it. Like I said, uh, we, we spent enough time out there. The last thing I need to be doing is uh, grinding more, thinking about it more. So I, I, whenever I'm not out there, I'm not watching. So not on your off weeks either. You don't watch golf. I watched golf for the first time on my off week uh, at the U.S. Open. Uh, just being with my dad on Father's Day on Sunday. Um, right. And that being one of my favorite courses. And he hasn't been there. So it's fun to get to kind of walk him through the holes and kind of give him a little insight to kind of how it was playing and what to do and everything uh that was the first time i've watched golf outside of and in the masters of course well, yeah the 29, i was gonna ask you that to, please yeah. tell me you watched the 2019 masters when tiger was able to close that yeah. out yeah oh for sure for sure and yeah anytime that tiger's involved i mean my nine-year-old self is still get pumped up right so that's have you that's played with him ever the time i have yeah yeah He's, how was uh, that was it was it everything you expected it to be oh for sure um I mean, it's Tiger. There's, there's no other explanation needed. How are you not? Cause as you said, your nine-year-old self, how are you not so nervous standing on that tee that you're like, I'm going to miss this ball. I don't want to hit it sideways. I don't want to embarrass myself in front of this guy. Yeah, man. It's he's seen it all. I mean, right. we've seen it all at this point. Uh, that, that isn't that those kind of nerves aren't, aren't for me. Don't come into play. It's just more of a sense of just, complete excitement you know so it's 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 pretty awesome that's cool who do you uh who do you work with now as your swing coach uh so i've just started recently working with uh boyd summerhays um and he's another oklahoma state guy he played golf oklahoma state and uh this this spring we started working together um and it's been good man i'm excited for what we're uh for what we're doing and so what are you guys working on now? Because as a, as, a, as a guy who just plays for fun, I feel like I'm always working on something, and I have too many swing thoughts going on. So what, as, as a pro, what's something that you guys are working on now that's, that's obviously working in the right direction because you're playing so much better? Yeah, you know, um, so we start working actually right around the player's time. Um, first couple months, we just really started – we just got to know each other. We got to – he got to know my tendencies, my swing keys, kind of how I just swing in general. And we, we've kind of started to lay a foundation um, for what I want to do moving forward. Um, you know, it's always trying to be aware of like what your tendencies are. Um, you know, for me, when I struggle, um, my kind of go-to golf shot is a little cut. I like to work yeah. it both ways, but um, when things get tight, I want to make sure I can, you know, I can hit that little cut shot. And uh, whenever I get a little bit off that cut, it starts cutting too much. And so um, we're always trying to work towards, um, you know, eliminating that miss. Uh, but specifically right now, kind of a goal that we're going to start, you know, working towards um, 
you know, long-term is driving the ball. Um, I hit it far enough. Of course we can always hit it further, but, um, if I can get the ball in the fairway, I'm, I'm pretty good. Um, and, and so I, we're gonna try hitting fairways with driver, especially. Um, so yeah, that's what, uh, we're going to kind of make a goal and focus on moving forward is to try to get, uh, get a lot better driving the golf ball. Coming out of Oak State, you obviously had in your mind what it was going to be like being on tour. And you've talked about the struggles of learning through the five-year period. What would you say is the biggest difference that, in your mind, you thought what professional golf was that you've had to adjust to now being on the tour for five years and becoming a vet? Man. Um, So these guys are really good out here. um, But they're not perfect. Like we're, we're not perfect. Um, and so you have this idea because when you watch PJ tour, all you see is guys that are winning tournaments, the guys that are in the lead, the guys that are in contention. And so you see this like great, great golf. Uh, cause that's what, you know, the TV mostly airs other than, you know, the three or four guys that they air, no matter how they're playing. Um, right. and, and so, you know, you have this idea that of how great and how perfect you have to always be. Um, when in reality you don't, um, you know, sometimes finishing 33rd is not a bad week. You know, this last week I finished, I think 33rd and that was not a bad, you know, I played good golf and it was actually really close to being really, really good golf. And so, you know, not getting down on yourself whenever you, um, aren't playing great golf, uh, is, is a huge, you know, a huge key. Um, and so, I think that along with, you know, the idea, like I was saying earlier, the idea of you have to put all this time in, you have to outwork everybody and and do all this that like your mind tells you you have to do to be great. Well, that's, that looks different on everybody. I mean, like I said, DJ practices differently than Bryson does. And so, um, you know, just figuring out what, of routines work best for you is is a huge huge key and it's it's a huge learning process to figure that out right and you were on the oak state team with wyndham clark correct you guys were teammates yeah yeah a couple years that's cool so how was it what was that were you were you guys were you guys roommates were you i mean when you would travel were you guys buddies then oh yeah yeah man he's he's been one of my good buddies since then um we so he roomed mostly with jordan niebrugge uh but uh but yeah, I mean, we we play. He actually works with Boyd Summerhays as well. We play practice rounds almost every week together. He actually still owes me a few uh, a few shekels from a uh, from Memorial, which he still hasn't paid me. So that interest <laughs> is is adding up. So, uh, but no, nah, man, he's he's a good one, and he's he's one of the uh, mo- one of the most talented dudes out there. He uh, man, when he when he gets comfortable out there, um, he, he's going to light the world on fire. Yeah, he seems like a really good guy. Did you know when you were because you were you were a junior when he was a freshman? So mm-hmm. did, did you know your junior year seeing him young, like, hey, this kid's got it, he's good? Oh, for sure. So my freshman year, I played with uh the team was Peter Uline, Morgan Hoffman, Kevin Tway, me, and another guy named Sean Einhouse. And so, you know, three guys that, you know, PJ tour players. Um, and so I got to see some, you know, great talent, great players. Um right right into school and uh when he got there i told everybody i'm like he's better than those three guys like more ability he's got more more talent more capability and so uh he just he bombs it he's got crazy speed he's one of the best if not the best chippers uh out there i think 
uh, puts it really well. Uh, I mean, he just, he does everything really, really well. Now, how old were you Taylor when you realized maybe I do have enough to be on tour? Maybe I am good enough. How old were you? So it's crazy. Um, but when I was 11 years old, um, there was this little event, uh, in Norman, Oklahoma, where, uh, some junior golfers got to play with ironically, uh, with some professional golfers from the university of Oklahoma. Um, and I got paired with Craig perks, uh, who had just come off of winning, uh, player championship. And, um, I remember thinking, dude, like he's good, but I think I can do this. Like, Right. All he, you know, of course, I'm ignorantly thinking at the time, like the only difference is he gets it further than me. Uh, But when I was 11, I thought to myself, you know what? I I think I have a chance to do this. Wow. That's awesome. Kudos for you following that dream. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, one last thing I do want to talk to you about is a funny story earlier this year. I guess you had made a couple bogeys and some guy clapped back at you on Twitter for making three bogeys in a row. And you were actually your response. Your first response was nice. Like, Hey, did you bet some money on me? If you did, I'll take care of you. Like you were being a good dude. And then he, he starts it. He can beat you. How did, how did that end up? <laughs> yeah. So obviously he was, sorry, sorry. No, no, no worries. <laughs> he wants to be on the podcast too. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So obviously I did not play well at Tampa and, um, I was literally headed to the airport when I get somebody who tweeted at me, basically like, you know, you're terrible. And I was like, okay, let's kill this dude with kindness. And so, right. um, I was like, all right, did you bet on me? Cause I'm like, in my mind, I'm thinking I'll just Venmo you 20 bucks or whatever that you lost on me. And you know, we'll just, we'll call it good. Right. And, uh, and in- instead of like responding back to, yeah, I bet on you, blah, blah, blah. He goes, yeah, I bet on you. In fact, instead of betting on you, I should bet against you or, you know, something like that. Like I'm, right. you know, I could whoop you for how many putts you missed that week. And to be fair, I did miss a bunch of putts that week. Uh, but I was like, Oh, okay. Well this just turned, uh, in a different direction. I don't, I don't, I don't mind this direction. So what do you want to do? Like, let's, let's meet up somewhere. You tell me time and place and I'm there. We'll, uh, if you think you can beat me, let's do it. Right. And so he was like, yeah, New York, this mini putt or whatever place, like we're going to go have a a putt putt competition. Uh, And it just unloaded from there. All these people got started tweeting back and forth. And uh, sure enough, uh, I mean, I took a screenshot of, I was like, dude, I'm actually headed to the airport. I can change my flight really quick. And uh, instead of going back home, I can come up to New York. There's a flight to LaGuardia tonight. I'm on it and I'll see you in the morning. Um, right. and true to form, uh, the, the keyboard cowards, uh, you know, availed and he, he didn't respond back after that, not. but, uh, but no, it was, it was a fun little, um, kind of interaction. Like I said, it's in a, in a game and a gentleman's game. I wish there was a little bit more kind right. of competitive nature in it. So I like it. I like it. No, I love that stuff. And these, you know, they are, I love how you call them the keyboard cowards and they're always there. You know, there's the people who are supportive when you're playing bad. I saw it last week. When uh, what happened to JC? What happened to JT Poston? And we're actually talking to him next week on the podcast. People giving him a hard time when he went double bogey, bogey, and it's like you know what? It's easy when you're sitting on your couch, but when you go play your buddies, it's hard. Imagine what it's like when you're playing on TV against professionals for a million dollar prize. I mean, it's it's the 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 everything is amped up. Uh huh. Yeah. Until uh, I mean, it's the old adage of the the man in the arena. So 
unless you you're there and been there, done that, it's uh it's easy to sit on your your couch and and talk about it. But again, uh, you know, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing if not for the fans. So I, you know, I appreciate it. I like it. But if you uh if you're if you're gonna give it, just be ready to uh to get it back. Absolutely. Before we let you go, I do I do have one one question for you. What is worse? Because I follow you on Instagram. And so yesterday I saw the explosion that happened with your new child yesterday. Yeah. But what's worse? A bad day on the golf course where you're struggling with everything or the worst poopy diaper change? Oh God, bad day on the course for sure. Cause the bad day on the course, that could be like a five hour day. Like that can be, that can be prolonged at least, at least from my early experience, the, uh, the poopy diaper is at least you can get that over with quickly, but and it's in your control to an extent like you know what you know what's coming it's just a bunch of poop and uh you're prepared for it when it's bad day on the golf course you don't know what's coming so (laughs) i I would i would definitely take a uh, bad poopy diaper day than a bad day on the course that's good i can't i can't disagree with you there taylor i appreciate it man what's your uh, what's your upcoming schedule look like uh gonna take next few weeks off and then I will play the Wyndham uh, the week before the FedEx playoffs start um, and see if we can uh, make a little run. Now, you're in the playoffs now, correct? Yeah, yeah. You're in the first two events, I believe. Yeah, uh, it'll be close on the second one right now. Uh, as of right now, I'm in it. Uh, it's top 70 and gets into the second one. I'm round 55th or something like that. Um, right. uh, but that'll change You know, over the next few weeks. Some guys will pop ahead of me, so – um hopefully we can get to the second one and then hopefully we can get to east lake the the tour championship that would be uh that would be sweet good deal man i appreciate your time good luck with your uh with the new baby and good luck to you and your wife and good luck on your season and hopefully it just goes up from here man yeah thanks for having me man we'll have to do it again i appreciate Thank you it. man i appreciate your time we'd love to have you back on some other time all right sounds good thank you buddy all right I just want to interrupt this interview real quick and give a shout out to my friends over at Encore Golf. Encore provides some of the most cutting edge technology in a golf ball that I have ever seen. Their team in Buffalo, New York is changing the script of golf technology through their perimeter weighted designs, which offer players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course. With their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, they are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com backslash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show.